0: Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the second book of Samuel. In those days, all the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron and said, Here we are, your bone and your flesh. In days past, when Saul was our king, it was you who led the Israelites out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel, and shall be commander of Israel. When all the elders of Israel came to David in Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord, and they anointed him king of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, we will go up to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity, to it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord, in it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him were created all things, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He Himself might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile all things for Him, making peace by the blood of His cross, through Him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is to come. Alleluia! 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 The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The rulers sneered at at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It is the solemnity of Christ the King. Few days during the year, brothers and sisters, should give us such spiritual vigor as this one. We're not saying that we hope Jesus will become king. We are not saying we look forward to the day when he will be king. We are saying he is king. He is king forever. He always has been. And he is forever our king. Brothers and sisters, there are so many dimensions of meaning and inspiration for this particular Solemnity, this great, great day for Christians. Jesus Christ is king because he is, first of all, the second person of the Trinity. He's God. He always was. He always will be. And that by itself makes him king of the universe. We will say it in the Creed. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made. Everything that is made is other than God. So there's God and then there's creation. He's not in the category of things that are made. He's in the category of God. Second person, same same divinity, same power. He is God. And therefore, He made all things. Now, at the beginning of the Bible, it says, you know how the Bible starts, right? In the beginning, are the first three words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So again, that distinction, there's God, who always was, and there's creation that comes to be at a certain point. In the beginning, God created. Today's second reading, a hymn in honor of Jesus Christ that was sung by the early Christians and that Paul writes here to the Colossians, explains the first three words of the Bible. Because Christ is the beginning. This is what Paul says in this reading. Listen again to the verse. It says, He is before all things. Now if you're before all things, you're God. Because again, there's God and then there's everything God made. He is before all things. He is the beginning. Paul's passage here to the Colossians that we read in the second reading is a commentary on those first words of the Bible. And and, and sit back and think about that for a moment. When the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, what it's saying is, in Christ God created the heavens and the earth. Christ, the King of the universe, because He is God and because He always existed. And then it goes further to say, not only is He before all things, but everything came into being through Him, well, obviously, because God created. But then it says, they hold together in Him. So God doesn't only create things. He keeps them going. You know, some people think God made the universe and then he sort of just let it go on his own and he went over here and did something else. No. God is constantly sustaining the universe in existence. Some people wonder, oh, is God thinking about me? Listen, if he stopped thinking about you for one second, you'd go out of existence. He holds the universe together. He holds your your body, your soul, your family, your, your everything together. He is before all else. That is, in Him everything continues in being and then all things were created through Him and for Him. Jesus Christ, the King, is King because He's the goal of the universe. He's the reason for the universe. He is the one to whom all things are moving. Now, of course, people can move away from Him. It's not inevitable that we will be saved. But the whole universe will be transformed. We await new heavens and a new earth. And in that new heavens and new earth, Jesus Christ will be revealed as King. Everything exists for Him. So the child who looks up at the sky... Oh, mommy, why are the stars up there? Why is the moon shining over there? Or looks at a mighty waterfall or a majestic mountain and says, Why? Why is it there? Why did did God put it there? Or marvels at his or her own being and body and mind. The intricacy of the human body and the... (laughs) The mystery, the soaring mystery of the human heart. Why? Why does it exist in the first place? It's all for Christ. All things were created through him and for him. For him, brothers and sisters. The feast of Christ the King reminds us of all of this. But then it also reminds us that he is king for another set of reasons. Jesus Christ now shares a human nature. So what we're going to celebrate at Christmas, right? Next week we're going to start preparing for Christmas. With the season of Advent, we're going to be preparing to celebrate the great mystery of the incarnation. God, this eternal spirit, becomes human flesh and blood and soul. He is reigning as king of the universe in His humanity. And what does that mean for us? Brothers and sisters, it means you and I are sons and daughters of the King. He has taken our humanity there to His throne, to the heights of heaven. We are celebrating, in other words, not just who Jesus is, when we celebrate the solemnity of Christ the King. We are celebrating and proclaiming who He makes us to be. We are celebrating the fact that He has eternal kingship, and we are celebrating the fact that He shares that kingship with us. This is unbelievable. Paul says if we hold out to the end, not only will we live with Him, not only do we believe in eternal life, it's real. But brothers and sisters, Paul says we will reign with Him. It's like, what? When we're going to be in heaven, we'll see Christ the King on the throne. In fact, we'll we'll be able to embrace Him physically like we embrace one another. But He's going to share His kingship with us. I mean, we can hardly imagine what this means. But He shares His kingship with us. We reign with him. Now, in those days when the New Testament was written, the king's uh, uh, throne okay, was more like, a, like, like the church pew that we're used to sitting in. It, it was like a bench. It could sit several other people with the king. And the book of Revelation has a verse in chapter 321 which says this. Jesus is speaking, and he says, To the victor, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Friends, Christ Jesus gives us everything He has and everything He is. In fact, we know Christ Jesus precisely because God gave us everything. God gave His Son in the Incarnation. It's the gift, it's the Christmas gift at Easter, Good Friday. It's the gift of body and blood given, sacrificed for us, every drop of blood shed, for us, to save us. He didn't have to do this. He did it to save us. Well, that giving hasn't stopped. He gives us his, himself. He gives us uh, his body and blood. He gives us his life on the cross. Then he gives us his spirit. And he gives us his kingship. He gives it to us. So in heaven we will sit with Him on His throne. This is beyond all imagining. We will sit with Him on His throne. Yes, we're humble, we're lowly, we are dust and ashes. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Remember the words that are spoken to us at Lent when we get those ashes on our forehead. Yeah, but you know what? To dust we will return. And we've got to add one word. Temporarily. Temporarily. We will sit with him on his throne. Well, we have to bring out the other dimension of this. It is that we end up sitting on the throne because we share in his passion and death. There is a process to this. And that's why today is a day to commit ourselves to live as children of the king. To live as disciples of the king. To live in a kingly way. And what do we mean by that? Well, Christ reconciled us. See, Paul develops it here in his letter to the Colossians. Because he said, yes, he's the fullness. Everything exists through him and in him, yes. But then, all this fullness dwells in him. And through him he reconciled us by the blood of his cross. Notice he says to reconcile all things, first of all. It's not just the salvation of souls. It's bodies, it's nations, it's the whole universe. But then he says making peace through the blood of his cross for the reconciliation of us with the Father. So you know how you share in the kingship of Christ today? When that temptation comes along to tell that lie, to give in to that lust or that gluttony or that laziness, when that temptation comes along to sin, to neglect the person in need, to hold a grudge instead of to forgive, when that temptation comes along to sin, skip your prayers, skip going to Mass, whatever it might be, You stand up and you say, Sin is not going to reign here. Christ is going to reign as king. In other words, you use the kingship of Christ and use your share in that kingship to crush that temptation when it comes. The temptation is going to come today, it's going to come to all of us today. We're going to sin. But we can exercise the kingship of Christ, can we not? Because when that temptation comes, then it's a question. Again, Paul brings it up here in this reading. Listen to this verse. He says, he delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us from one kingdom to another. See, the celebration of Christ as eternal king, we have to see this in the context of there's another kingdom competing against him. It's the kingdom of darkness. It's the kingdom of Satan. It's the kingdom of sin. It's the kingdom of death. It's competing. Now, it has no chance. In fact, it's already been defeated, but it still exists. It's been defeated, but not annihilated. It still exists, the kingdom of death, the culture of death. We see its power in in, in, in the evil of abortion, for example, and so many other evils. And that kingdom is always trying to pull us back. We've been transferred. We've already been transferred from one kingdom to another because we were baptized. So we are in Christ. We're actually sharing in the kingship of Christ right now. We are priests, prophets, and kings. You know, when we're baptized, that's what we're told. We are priests with Christ, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. We are prophets speaking the word of God. And we are kings overcoming the power of evil. See, we said this in the opening prayer, that that Christ Jesus has set creation over which he reigns as king, has set it free from slavery. If he's king, he's our conquering king. And so if you share in the kingship of Christ, you conquer sin. You crush that temptation. And that's where you have that freedom. The freedom is, is to say, hey, I'm able to do the right thing today. I'm not dragged around by my passions, pride and lust and greed and hatred and holding and grudges and, and, and being lazy and being self-centered instead of being God-centered. I'm not held back by any of that anymore. I'm free. I'm free because I have a king who conquered the other kingdom that's trying to enslave me. He conquered it and he transferred me from that kingdom into his. This is the feast of Christ the King. This is how we celebrate and share in the kingship of Christ. And it has one other dimension, too. We extend his kingship in the world in this battle against good and evil, because the battle against good and evil, the battle against truth, uh, uh, between truth and falsehood, the battle between life and death is not just taking place in our own souls, as our weakness and sometimes the devil himself tries to pull us back into the kingdom of darkness yeah it takes place in that personal arena and we use things like the sacrament of penance to keep getting back up after we fall no matter how many times but brothers and sisters it takes place in our society it takes place in what's going on around us in the culture it takes place in this this woke culture you know wokeness this is really bad stuff critical theory, critical race theory is just part of critical theory and it's a theory of darkness that says there's, there's no such thing as truth no such thing as morality no such thing as grace and repentance, oh well we're all racist and everything is, is understood in the lens of racism and white supremacy and, and oh but you know you're this way even though you don't want to be this way, you can't help it, that's who you are and we are either victims or we are oppressors All this nonsense. And and they're trying to teach our kids this, this, this garbage. The woke culture is part of the kingdom of darkness. And exercising the kingship of Christ, brothers and sisters, means that where we find this woke culture, where we find this effort to indoctrinate our children, we stand up as sons and daughters of the King and we say no. This will not claim any territory in our family. This is not going to claim any territory over our children. This is not going to claim any dominion over my life. Or my body or my thinking it will not and we exercise that power that power of the light to disperse the darkness that power of the truth to conquer that falsehood and refute it that power of grace to drive away the power of sin that power of life to raise the dead this is how we live the kingship of Christ we take aim at the evil that's in the world And we say, no, you will not advance, you will not encroach, you will not dominate. It is Christ who dominates. And just like we stand up and we say that you will not indoctrinate our children, we also stand up to the culture of abortion and we say you will not kill our children. You will not dismember our children. We stand up against the evil of abortion because Jesus Christ is king. And that means life is victorious over death. Living out the kingship of Christ and changing this culture of death into a culture of life, and resisting the evils that have taken root in public policy and in our nation also means it influences the way we vote. Now understand, we don't want a theocracy. There is a legitimate distinction between the role of the church in society and the role of the state. And there is freedom of religion. The gospel is not to be imposed by law. It's to be proposed through preaching and through grace. And then people embrace it freely. We don't want there to be a law that says you're going to be fined if you don't get to church on Sunday. We, 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 don't, we don't believe that people sh- are, should be uh, uh, charged with a violation of the law if they don't believe in the Holy Trinity, for instance, or in the Eucharist. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. But what we are talking about is, as the prayers of the Mass shortly will say, Jesus Christ's kingdom is a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love and peace. Those values, those realities, must, brothers and sisters, must prevail in our world and in our politics. So we're not afraid to say, yes, we have to vote for life. Yes, we have to vote for those that are going to stand up and protect our communities and secure our borders. This is basic, brothers and sisters. This is not some kind of complicated thing. Oh, people can have different opinions. And different opinions about what? Whether your children should be, should be attacked on the streets? You're going to have a different opinion about that? This is basic stuff. And it's basic not only to the concept of, of, of ordered liberty, which our president has always, which our country has always stood up for, a concept of ordered liberty, but it's, it's fundamental to the concept of the, of the kingdom of Christ. So let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid to make this real, friends. To make this real. Because the freedom that it's going to give to you, the grace and the power that it's going to give to you to lift you up from sadness, from darkness, from doubt, from discouragement, from temptation, from sin, and from death itself. This is all part of living the kingship of Christ. You know, when I was in college, I was in seminary from my college days, I wrote a poem in honor of Christ the King. And I'd like to conclude this homily by sharing this poem with you. You can find it on my website at Priests for Life. But I want to share this uh, as a prayer today, encouraging all of us to again turn our faces to Christ and let that light shine on us and in us and through us to bring, as Handel's Messiah says, to bring about the truth that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here's the poem in honor of Christ the King. Of every pond and stream that flows, Of every rock and pebble small, Of every river and ocean wide, Of every mountain vast and tall, Of every moon and star above, Of every storm and rain and hail, Of sleet and fog, ice and smog, Of summer breeze and winter gale, of every island in the sea, of every animal that walks or crawls or swims or flies or rests or chirps or barks or howls or squawks, of every place by men unknown, not yet discovered or explored, of every height and every depth, of sights beloved and abhorred, of every kingdom, empire, state, dominion, country, monarchy, of village small and city great, of men of power and majesty, of house and home and property, of kitchen and of living room, of bedroom, hallway, stairway long, or play- of playground or of working room, of every act, desire and wish, longing, passion, weakness, strength, of every heart that longs and laughs and cries and tries and waits at length, of all who suffer and who wait for justice or for daily bread, of all who triumph and are glad, of all who middle paths do tread, Of every woman, man, and child. Of every creature, large and small. Of every sinner, saint, and angel. Jesus Christ is King of all. Yes, He is King. Yes, Christ is King. No start or end and never failing. His reign engulfs infinity or all existing things prevailing. Yet we are weak and often questioned When many evil things we see, Christ waits for us to realize that He is wiser than are we. He is aware of all that is. He knows our problems, needs, and fears. His providence is now at work and Jesus' final triumph nears. Then let us rise in greater faith to tell the world of His great name that when the King returns, we may, for lack of faith, not blush with shame. Amen. Jesus Christ is King. Let us proclaim it and let us change this world. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.